Welcome to episode number 37 of the Trail Runners Experience. I am joined today by a regular guest of the podcast and um, my wife, Kate Marsden, who will be joining us shortly. Um, we're going to be recapping an incredible weekend at the Ultra Runners SA Hubert 100 event, which was held this past weekend in the Flinders Ranges. Um, one of the most amazing events in Australia, I dare say. Um, yeah, and so without much further ado, we I would like to say welcome to Kate Marsden. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're most welcome. So, Kate, um, as many of you know, as many of the listeners know, you're a, a regular on the show I've now. I've been on one or two times before. Yes, and um, so... And, and I get a lot of requests for you to come back on because people seem to think you're funny or something like that. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So um, thank you to me. You should thank your listeners. I, that's who I was thanking. Yeah. It's yeah. presumptuous of you to think that I was thanking you. <laughs> you thank your many fans instead of me. Oh. Know, my horrible mistake. So, Kate, before we get into it, so tell me, how are you feeling today? We're... Do you want to know the real answer? I do. I feel rubbish. And wh why do you feel rubbish? Uh, I'm, because my lungs are a bit sore, I feel like I can't quite get enough air. Right. Yes. And why is that? What's happened? Um, I ran 50 Ks on the weekend pretty hard and, uh, may or may not have busted a puffle valve in my lungs. I don't know. Interesting. <coughs> so yes, so you did run the 50 kilometer event at the Hubert and, and I joined you. You did. And you, it was an incredible, it was the first time we've ever run an event together. It is the first time. With, I, I just wanted to stick with you. Mm -hmm. And I was, um, it was a great day. And you did, yeah, you did. So I guess today I thought we might just talk about that experience. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people would want to know a fair bit about um, what the Hubert's like because it's it's different to so many events out there. Um, so yeah, we had... Um, yeah, we'll go into your your race and why you you're so tired at the moment. Mm -hmm. But um, so yeah, so last was it two years ago? I did the one hundred k and had a good yep. a good run, and you were there. The year before that, you was your first yes. big race, wasn't it? It was. It was my first. Oh, it wasn't quite an ultra marathon, but it was my first big um trail trail run. It was the longest I'd ever run. It was. It was a marathon. It, it was almost a marathon. Oh, only almost. Yeah. It oh. was like 41.2 kilometers. Oh, so disappointing. I know. So I, I missed out, but, um, they did have a 42, they did have a marathon, um, distance this year and yeah. a 50 K and a hundred K and a hundred mile. And I did the 50 K this year. And look, I think I went into it, um, with a bit of experience because I'd done the 41 K in the first year. But let me just rewind a little bit to before that one. I the, fur the furthest I'd run was a half marathon on the road, and I'd done a few small trail runs, yeah, but nothing big like this one. And I it was initially supposed to be thirty five kilometers, and I was like, "Oh look, that's not that much longer than a half marathon." <laughs> I could, you know, I know that I can definitely run 21 Ks, so I could probably, you know, push a little bit further. And then what, a week beforehand, we got the final um, rundown of the race and it was actually going to be 41 kilometers. And yeah, I remember you freaked out. I did freak out. I remember sitting on the lounge going, oh, well, no, I just won't be able to do it. I won't be able to do it. It's too far. I'm just going to have to pull out now because I'm going to look like a boob on the day. <laughs> I cannot go that far. And but you were wrong. I did have an incredible coach who convinced me that I would be able to do it and that it wasn't that difficult for me. And you were right. I did do it. Hear that? It was marvellous. I did. I felt great. It was the best run I'd ever done. It was so amazing. And that's why when I signed up to do it again this year, I was super excited because I was looking forward to seeing all of that trail that I saw years ago and I just remember when I did it 
it completely blowing my mind, the landscape and even just the, the rocks and dirt, like the colour of things was just so amazing. I was running along going, are you all looking at this? The ground is purple. Have you guys noticed that the ground is purple? And the other people in the race going, yep, ground's purple. I was like, no, but the ground is never purple. This is not a normal thing. Look around you, people. Yeah, and the thing is, it's a, a lot of people don't realise it is actually a very geologically significant place up there Yeah. Um, because of the way it was formed and um, also that it's it's quite ancient and there's, um, some of those rock formations have been exactly the same for like 200 million years or whatever, you know, like... I'm no geologist or, no. or historian, but I do know that the first fossilised animal creature was found mm. right there in Wilpena Pound in the ex- one of the exact spots that we ran past because there was a sign there telling me so and I've seen them at mm. the museum here in Adelaide. And so it is a particularly ancient, unspoiled, beautiful yeah. part of the world. And as crappy as I feel today and as sore as my muscles were up when I finished, I will never tire of running through this beautiful world of ours. Yeah. To, to quote another runner who, who said something very similar to that just oh, recently. Really? Eloise. Oh, Eloise Fletcher. Yeah. Oh, said something very similar. Yeah. And I went, oh, that is so true. And I do feel very lucky. Yeah. To be able to go through there and to know a, a bit about the, the history of it. It is, if you haven't been to Wilpena Pound or the Flinders Ranges, you absolutely have to do it. It's amazing. And if you're a runner, and I'm guessing that you are a runner if you're listening to this podcast, wh- why not join your love of running with a beautiful sightseeing adventure up there? It is, I mean, it's isolated, it's beautiful, and there's a real spiritual connection because of the um, the Aboriginal people that have lived there for tens of thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I mean, sometimes when you're out there, you're almost like you can feel that, regardless of where, where you like what you believe in, I think there's just something about the everything around you just being so untouched. It's like it's been untouched for for so long, so long, mm. you know. And it's just it does have a very magic sort of feel about it, doesn't it? Does I, I love it there? It's the happiest. It's my happiest place in the world. So you know, we've both had really good experiences there now, um, both as a family. And as a, um, and so on the weekend, it was about as a husband and wife. So as I said before, we ran this race together because I've never, I've always wanted to run a race with you where I'm not racing my ass off. Yeah. And so, and I mean, initially you weren't really planning on racing it either. Like you just wanted to run and enjoy yourself and just see how you went. Yeah. And so I guess I'll start the ball rolling. We'll go into talking about the actual race on the Sunday which was a nice sunny but cool day in the morning. It was brisk in the morning, wasn't it? Yeah. It was cool. So we started from a Trezona campground. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, we got away and we were sort of very quickly, the group started to spread out, didn't they, at 8 o'clock in the morning. Yep. And then, um, yeah, so maybe take us through what how you felt in those early stages of the race, like, Okay. Um, so it was a bit of a hurried, um, start. So we all sort of lined up and it was like, okay, ready, set, go. And we all, and we all ran off in sort of oh, that's right. varying directions. Um, no one knew which way the actual trail went. No. You know? And so. we'd all gathered for a photo and then, you know, had a bit of a race, race briefing and then gone, okay, let's go. And it took us all, you know, half a second to go, oh, what, where are we going? Oh, that's right. In this direction. Mm. And the leaders as they always do, take off and um, always look like they're racing right from the start and maybe they are. Um, I've never been a leader in a race before. Like I've never been in the top couple. So it was a bit, you know, I always sort of, I like to hang back at the start and just watch the other runners get a feel for um, what other people's sort of abilities are and what kind of runner and if they're friendly. And, you know, I like to, there's, a lot more to a race than just running it. There's a lot of, you know, really good friendly vibes in these kind of runs. And I was happy to hang back and just chat to people for a little while. Um, and we did that. We chatted for a bit and then um, 
you know, naturally you'll all sort of find your spot in the race. Like you'll, those who feel good will sort of go ahead faster than, than those who are going to, I don't know, take it easy or something. Um, so mm. we, we sort of surged ahead. We chatted with some, some really awesome runners on the way through. And then we got to a couple of sections, um, in the race that everybody talks about. There's the creek bed section. That everybody sort of talks about cause it's, you know, through the middle of a creek bed, but don't be thinking that it's like any other creek bed you've ever come across. It's not like a wide sandy creek bed. This is like Jurassic Park style creek bed. It's like rocks and like you're running through, I don't know, the most amazing sort of rock formations and trees and um, it's treacherous and technical and it's really hard to run through there. It's hard to go quickly for it's, sure. Oh, yeah, it's hard to yeah, go quickly. You, you, you sort of push it along you think, man, I am flying. And then you look down at your watch and you do all my eight-minute Ks. Yeah. You know, because it is a lot of effort, you know. The, and there's a lot to focus on. Like, yeah. you, you, it, there's more than just your feet hitting the ground. There's mm. all of the things that are going on around you and it's, it's beautiful. You almost don't want to run through it too fast because it's beautiful. Um, and I think a lot of people get lost in that creek bed because of nav, like because there's a lot of sections that look kind of the same, and it's really hard. There's trails that sort of go off everywhere, mm. but we didn't get lost. We didn't get lost. Um, I think it was quite well marked, to be honest. I yeah, I thought it was really well marked. Yeah. Sort of every twenty meters, there was a marker mm. directing you. Um, I think if you lost a marker, it would be it would be really tricky um, mentally to know that you were still in the right place. Because you're so used to seeing the markers and if you'd overlooked one, you'd be like, oh, have I gone the wrong way? Do I turn back? And everyone's advice at the start of the race was before you just keep going, stop for two seconds, check your navigation and um, and go from there. Like don't, whatever you do, think that you're going the right way blindly and run off in the wrong direction for kilometres and kilometres. Exactly. Because then you've got to get back on track, and that would suck. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. The following is an ad of sorts. Hey runners, it's me, Daniel Ferugia, host of this podcast, The Trail Runners Experience, and head coach of Distance Runners Unlimited. Did you know, in Australia, it's estimated that 45% of people will experience a mental health condition in their lifetime, and in any one year, around 1 million Australian adults have depression, and over 2 million have anxiety. So, how are you feeling today? Are you taking your mental health seriously? Do you need help, but you are too afraid to ask? Well, this is your friendly reminder that there are options you can take if you need support. Speak to your GP or go online to beyondblue.org.au to find a bunch of practical tools. And remember, you don't need to suffer in silence. Help is closer than you think. Now. Back to the show. So after the creek bed, we come out and there's some sort of, oh no, maybe it's before, I get confused. There's a few sections that look very similar. Like, and that's one of the challenges of the race. Yeah. You'll be running along and you're like, didn't we just come through here? You know, so because I mean, even though it's beautiful, some of it can get a little bit repetitive, especially if you're fatigued and that can cause you to get lost because there's the vegetation is amazing. It's very stark. Yeah. And like, that's part of what the beauty of the landscape. Yeah. And there's those trees that everywhere that look like pine trees, Yeah. but they're, they're not pine trees. I don't know what they're called. Do you know what they're called? I don't. I'll have to look if it up. If someone wants to, if someone knows, can they just comment below? On the, in the Facebook page. Yeah, Absolutely. That'd yeah. That'd be great. That'd be good. And because it's what the, our finishers medallions are actually made out of mm -hmm. as well. 
And so from far away, you look like you're looking at a pine forest sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But um, they're definitely not pine trees. No. Yeah. Well, there are a couple of spots in the race where you're going up and over um, sort of rocky hills on like a narrow single track, mm. which was tough beautiful. Work. It was tough work, but so much fun to run and gorgeous running down the other side. Always. <laughs> Always. Um, and I think um, it was coming through, coming through the creek and going over those little rocky areas where we caught up with some other runners and had a little chat with them and, um, and kept going. And then you hit sort of the middle of the race where you're going through some expanse that is um, quite open. You're on like almost like a, like a dirt road. When you're getting close to what's known as um, Will Colo Will track. Will track, yeah. Yeah, and, um, which is part of the Heisen Trail as well, mm-hmm. which is 1,200-kilometre trail. Yep. It's another section. And so, yeah, that section there is more open, isn't it? And um, It is, and it's probably the section that I remembered the most clearly from mm. the first year because of just the landscape of it, because of the rock formations and just these trees sticking up out of this purple shiny crust of an earth with with very little other vegetation around it's beautiful it's like a moonscape it, was it is beautiful. like a moonscape and yep. when you turn around and look at the, the the sunlight hitting the rock in different directions it turns into different colors everywhere and yeah i said that oh, a couple of times didn't i yeah. I was, yeah it's so beautiful yeah and so we were we moved through into i guess that wukolo track section mm-hmm is after the first aid station, which is so aid station's around twenty kilometers in. The yeah, first there's one. a water drop earlier than that yeah. at about ten k's, I think, and then um, it warmed up a bit, didn't and, it? Oh, it did. I was feeling very hot because there's no shade through there, and it and because it's a you know it's a stark landscape, and it was beautiful, but it was quite. Hot. I mean, it was probably only twenty degrees, but it felt hot. I felt hot. I even put my hat on backwards. Because the sun was is, hitting you from behind. Yeah, so that my the back of my neck didn't fry. Um, and we sort of went through there. Um, and then that leads you to outside track. Um, oh, slow down. Oh, you're slow down. Too, it's, you're jumping too far ahead. We're right. not up to there yet. Oh, okay. I, I want to break the... So, yeah, before you get to... Um, the climb. The climb, way before that. So we're on yeah. Wokolo track and yeah. we're going through. Break it down for me. Um, yeah. And Wokolo track, it's, it's sort of undulating and a little mm-hmm. bit, a little bit technical. And yeah. um, you were feeling, uh, that was the first time in the race where you were starting to feel a little bit low. And yeah. I, I noticed that. And you, I remember you saying, because two days earlier, the Friday night, it actually rained out there quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, even though it was sunny that day, I remember it. It felt quite the humidity was in the air. Yeah, which is it was which a little bit humid, which is a bit ma- weird. Makes it hard. Yeah. yeah, and so I knew I know you were breathing quite hard through that section. Yeah, and um, so we just backed off, and then um, we and we'd been alone. We'd been we hadn't really seen anyone except we sort of caught up to some of the hundred mile runners. Yeah, and I I remember you um, yeah, like but we were having a great time. Yeah, t- together. Yeah, we yeah. were, and I mean that was the point of it. It was kind of to celebrate. My 40th birthday, we were running it together as a bit of a, yeah, you know, we get to spend the day together running and having fun and doing this thing that we love. And so it was nice to be just the two of us because we rarely get to spend time just the two of us. Yeah. So the, the length, when you have children, the lengths you have to go to just to get <laughs> some quiet time is ridiculous. That's it. We had to go in to the middle of the outback. And run an ultra marathon. <laughs> he had to run away and, from people yeah. just to get some alone time. Yeah. Where <laughs> that that was like date night. Yeah. About it was about three date nights rolled into one. It was quite a few date nights rolled yeah. into one. And so yeah, I remember then we as you come then the race comes in towards the campground, the Wolpina yep. Pound campground. Yes, and we got to run past our beautiful children. Waiting for us, yes. Yeah. Being looked after by your mum and stepdad was very nice. Yeah, they go, the kids can wave to us, but and it's really sort of it's lovely, but it's sort of sad at the same time because you're like you're still nowhere near the finish. Yeah, unless you were doing the hundred k, but every other event you still have at least eighteen kilometers to go. Yep. <laughs> yes. 
And and when you get to that point, you sort of you've broken the race down into like three or four parts, and so you get to that point and you go, okay, well this is the second part of the race, almost over. So I've just yeah. got one more part to go. So it doesn't feel that bad. And um until you and even when you you get to the aid station, you're refilling everything, you're having a snack, you're starting to feel like you're, you know, resetting, and then you start the climb and. Even that is beautiful, and there's these blue reflectors that sort of mark your way up to Tandera Saddle. And some of them on are ar- blue Peak. arrows as well. And some of them are blue arrows, the blue hour of destiny. And um, it was shady through there and lovely. And I remember when it started to get a bit more technical and a bit more scrambly, where you had to use your hands to hold onto things to pull you up over rocks. And I remember. <laughs> And it, I know how, it sounds a bit funny, but I remember just thanking the trees and the rocks for being there, and it felt nice. Mm. It sounds silly, but you kind of like the Lorax, aren't you, Kate? It just it really felt like a special place to be, and it felt like a lot of these things had been there for millions and millions of years. And here I am, lucky enough to be a tiny human on this huge world, scrambling over the top of them for fun, and it wasn't lost on me how magical and special that was. And so when I was there trying to climb up to the top and holding on to a tree that was golly knows how how old and climbing over boulders that were millions of years old, sort of thinking, oh, thank you for being here and supporting me. To, <laughs> you know, thank you for letting me climb all over the top of you for fun. Yeah. It was, it was great. And I'll just add, you're certainly not someone who gets sentimental like that or emotionally attached, like to th- things like that. No. So it just sort of speaks to how insane the landscape is and how special it feels. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so going up that rock face, yes. I mean, like go once we started going up, so just to give you some perspective, I remember from the aid station, Yes. which is um, at about 35, no, that must be like 34 Ks. Or it is 30. allegedly 35 Ks. I'm going to say it is closer to 30 Ks into the race. you still got a fair way to go. Yes. Because the last bit takes you takes everyone a long time. I yes, mean, it's it slow going. Yeah. But, you can't um, run it. Yeah. And then, but um, the, um, the elevation there, you're sitting at about, or maybe 600 metres above sea level, or maybe less. And um, Where's that? At the, at, aid at the aid station. Yeah. And so you climb up, you sort of meander across the bottom of the peak for a while, the, yeah. the range. Going up and down and going, why am I going down when I should be going up? Yeah. As much as I appreciate the down, it just means there's going to be more up. Exactly. Surely there's enough up. So I was watching my um, the, the elevation thing on my, on my Garmin and – I, I, know, I found it quite interesting to see how high we actually were. And when we still felt quite low, I remember thinking we were already higher than Mount Lofty yep. when we were still heaps low. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, the, then there's probably... And you were calling them sort of every hundred or so metres. So I remember when we got to 666 metres and you were like, it's the 666th metre. <laughs> I know. And Because I'm hilarious. Yeah, exactly. And then it's the mark of the beast. And then when we got to 777 metres, you called that one. And then I think I stopped listening. I was just concentrating on not yeah. falling off a rock and plummeting to my death. From about 700 metres above sea level, mm-hmm. you really things start to get pretty vertical. Yes. Um, and you go, it doesn't sound like much, but you climb 250 metres further up. So I remember you get up to a bit over nine, just under 1,000 metres yeah. above sea level. But that last couple of hundred meters is real scrambly, and it's like if you can do under twenty minute kilometers, you're doing really well. Yeah, like it's just like it's not like rock climbing, but it's borderline rock climbing. Well, you have to use your hands and legs, yeah, your, you're, your you're, hands and knees, and climbing up over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're definitely climbing over the top of rocks. It's yes, absolutely. It's very difficult to try and paint a picture with my words, but just suffice to say, it's majestic. I'm sure if you've listened to this, if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably seen lots of photos and even the photos don't do it justice. No, it is just beautiful. And so as we're going up, 
the we I remember we passed a 100 mile runner and I'll use her first name because I don't like to use last names unless people give me permission. Yeah. But um, her name's Kate and she's a very experienced, um, long distance runner and she'd been running for over 24 hours. Yeah. When we passed her going up pretty close to the saddle, um, she, I mean, she she looked fine, didn't she? She did. She was still moving really well. And she was saying that she was sore and that her glutes had sort of, um, they weren't her best friend at the moment. But she looked great. And even when she and she crossed could hold the a finish sentence. line. Yeah. yeah. She could talk. Yeah. Because we'd passed another 100 mile runner who was coming along the track who he did not, he was starting to slur a bit. Like was he so was funny. still, he was still moving and he was still like, but he was not loving life and he was starting to slur a little bit. And I was so thankful that I was not doing that race. I, um, I always have, to, I always say tr- like when you're truly exhausted, it really reveals your true character. Mm. And so that guy was funny cause he was like, this sucks. But he was still, <laughs> he was still smiling. But he was still doing it and yeah. having fun. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, we saw when we went past Kate. Yep. She was um not this Kate and the the hundred mile Kate. Yes. She mentioned that you were in a certain position. Well, she did. Um, she said that she thought that I was the third place woman in the event. That there were only two women ahead of me, um. Which is pretty bloody exciting. So I don't know if you heard a minute ago, but I've never been up the front of any race before. So to be, you know, the third woman in in a race was amazing. I was just like, oh, well, that's that's clearly she's wrong or something. She's been up all night. She doesn't know night. what she's talking about. There's probably 20 women ahead of me, but yeah. it did make me feel excited and... Um, and think, oh shit! Well, if that's if that's the case, let's hook this. Yeah. Let's do it. So let's make let's make incredible time. Exactly. So I remember, and look, I'm well aware that it might come off as an advantage having me having like someone pacing. I wasn't really pacing you because no, you were, you, were, pacing you, you were dictating the pace. You had all your own stuff. I didn't do anything other than encourage you. I guess that's a little. But anyway. No, not at all. We we ran the race together. I think it wouldn't have mattered just because you're a better runner than me. It doesn't matter. I mean, I've run, I ran the very same race a few years ago with somebody just by chance because we were both running at the same speed in the same place. Yeah. And we, yeah, and I, we helped each other along because in a lot of those sections, if you're by yourself, it's near impossible. And, and if you're scared of heights going up over there, it's going to be so hard for you. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with two runners encouraging each other during a race. I think that's the spirit of trail running is runners encouraging each other and helping each other along because these sorts of races, if you're running them by yourself can be incredibly lonely Mm. and can be incredibly tough. Yeah. And I think that's why the trail running community is as wonderful as it is because it's people who want to be in these scenarios together you know you could easily go oh i'm going to run through the flinders by myself Mm. but that's not going to give you the same experience as if you do it with a bunch of other people yeah all in it together for the same purpose and And yeah absolutely yeah um so we're just we're, we're gonna yeah this race so we had a lady in front of you we got to the top of the saddle yeah which are the tandera saddle it's it's um just over 950 metres above sea level. And don't be fooled, people. There are no horses or cowboys on the saddle. I was disappointed. Daniel was very disappointed. He kept mentioning it on the way up. I kept thinking he's going to be very disappointed when he gets there. Yeah. I, did, and, I was And he was. Of, I he was, was disappointed. Thinking of Daryl Braithwaite quite a lot. Um, anyway, we'll move on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Um, we um. There were lots of hikers on the saddle, mm-hmm. and there were lots of hikers coming up. Um, is it the inside track where we were coming down? Mm-hmm. Which is, oh my goodness, incredibly rocky. And if you didn't have your wits about you, or if it was nighttime, it would be so hard to get lost, just because it's, you know, 
It's the wilderness, people. You're out in the wild. Yeah. So we were coming down the outside track thinking, okay, let's try and... You were thinking, I'd like to try and catch the next person. And so you're going for it. And it's very rocky for several kilometers. Yeah. And um, the views are nice, but we didn't really spend much time looking at the views. No. Because you really wanted to just... I did. I did want to... I wanted to see what I was made of, really. I wanted to see what I could do, how far I could push myself. Yeah. I guess that's why we do these runs in the first place. But a lot of the time, I'm very happy just being in it, just doing it. And this time I thought, holy crap, I've never been this close to any kind of achievement and I want to see how far I can how far I can push myself. I want to see what I can do. And so it just so happens that I am my my strength is on the rocky downhills because I'm sure footed as a mountain goat. Um and I seem to have extremely rubbery ankles. And so <laughs> Um, we hooked it on the downhills and, um, I feel like I made some, I feel like I made incredible time on the downhills. I feel like I got like used it to my advantage. Like I'm not great going uphill. Mm. I can go on the flat for a while, but going downhill is probably my greatest strength. And what happened on the way down? Like I passed the woman in front of me (laughs) and much respect to her because she is an amazing runner with a lot of endurance who's done far greater things than me. And when I passed her, I thought, well, it's only going to be a matter of time before she passes me again, but I'm just going to enjoy the position that I'm in while I'm in it. Um, and so I did. And, and then sort of once you come down there, I thought that I only had about five Ks to go. Um, I was wrong. It was more like nine Ks. Um, and so I thought, you know what, I can, I've, I've got 5Ks of pushing in me. I can push for 5Ks. I can see what I can do and just, you know, make a, make a race of it. And, and, and it was very exciting. And then when my watch told me that I had hit 50Ks and I was nowhere near the finish line, I did feel like crying for a little bit there. Um, and I did think, oh. I might just stop now and lay down because every cell in my body was going, just sit down, Marsden. You don't want to run anymore. You've done your 50Ks. But the other part of me was like, hell's no, i got to cross that finish line and see if I can't get myself a, a trophy of some description. And so with Daniel reminding me that I have naturally given birth to three children, and that this was a walk in the park compared to that, I did kind of dig extra deep. And, um, yeah, it's the hardest. And, and, and run sort of harder, I think, than I've ever run before. And a couple of times, Daniel looked over his shoulder and went, Whoa, Kate, she's really close. And I got a huge shot of adrenaline. And, um, I thought, all right, come on, let's go. And so just pushed myself that little bit further and um, with my heart in my mouth sort of crossed this little wooden bridge and at the end of the wooden bridge, which I thought was much closer to the finish line than it was, there's a whole lot of steps and I, and I, and I cried. I cried as I climbed the steps and I thought, oh, she's definitely got me now. She's got so much more endurance than I do. Um we got to the top of the steps and I just thought, well, I'm just going to, I've never finished a race with nothing in the tank. And I thought today I'm going to do it. And I ran and I was making noises like a woman in labor. And, um, we went, there was a short sort of sharp downhill and running down it made me feel really excited. And I started to get that feeling of the, the finish line is really close now. Um, shit, I've run a long way. I can, I can, I can do this. And I really just pushed as hard as I could. And then just before you turn off the main track, about 200 minutes from the finish line, 200 meters, 200 meters. What did I say? Minutes. Minutes. Oh golly. 200 meters from the finish line. There were a couple of amazing women standing there making sure that people went the right way who are probably my favorite, some of my favorite people in the whole world. And 
I could see the finish line and I just did not. <laughs> I thought she could be two steps behind me. and I don't know. And I just don't want to let this go. And so I went as hard as I could for that last little bit. And just before Daniel and I crossed the finish line, I said to him, please don't run in front of me. <laughs> and then I crossed the line about half a she's... second in front of Daniel, which will probably never, ever happen again. I think you thought I was um, going to steal your position on the podium. No. Well, but like, because it, anyway, the initial plan was to run across the line <laughs> side by side, but then it, it suddenly became about Kate, which was fine. You know, that that last um, few kilometres was amazing to watch, and I, I really enjoyed your uh, your retelling of it there. I'll, I'm just going to fill in a few of the little gaps, okay? Because I was an observer, and it was yeah. You were probably remember it clearer than me because yeah. I was in it. Yeah, well, I was in it too. I was just but, thinking about breathing, yeah. if you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, when we came down that last bit. Uh, no, when it was about five k's out, we ran past a, a couple that were hiking, and then I looked back just to see. On oh, no, a prior to that, I said to you, "Oh, she's right behind you," and I was just joking though, and because she wasn't right behind you, there was no there was no sight, and then um, and then Kate was like, "Oh, you bastard, Daniel," you know, <laughs> and so I just was like, "Okay," blah, blah, and we we're running along a few more minutes. We ran past this couple said hello, they were just hiking. And then I look back to, to just see um, what the couple, if the couple was still there and, and there she was, she was like 50 meters behind Kate. Like the Terminator. Yeah. It's just coming, coming on. And like Kate hadn't slowed down and like, so. She was just gaining on me. As I said before, I don't like to use people's last names if without their permission. So this woman is a uh, very well respected runner. Her name's Cherie. And so anyone who listens to the podcast who knows her, you'll know who we're talking about. She, um, yeah. Amazing. She has, and I said it to Kate, I, th I said, I think she's going to, she's got you on the flats, but you've got her on the downhills. And um, so she just, she just had good speed on the flat. So we came up to a, um, I said, we came up to a bit of a, a down, a fairly decent downhill, probably like 200 meters. short. Yeah. Not even 200 meters, maybe a hundred meters. But yeah, it was fairly, it was enough for you to get a bit of momentum up. And I, I, I think that's where you got it. And that was probably about two and a half Ks out. Mm -hmm. And because you just, you really opened up through that section there. And, um, I think you down that hill, you were doing like close to four minute Ks. Wow. And, um, and so, and I, and like I always say, you're better than me on the downhills. And so I was just running, I was, do, <laughs> I was doing all I could to keep up with you on that downhill bit and then just keep on holding. And then. But yeah, you pushed and pushed, and I—I I was really, yeah, I really impressed. And it made me—I'm not going to lie—it made me quite emotional seeing you push that hard. And I kept saying, "Kate, I think you've got her. You can back off a bit." But you just would not back off. No. You're like, "I want to get this done." And then so we just—and <laughs> that was great. And <coughs> so I did want to get it done. <laughs> I just wanted to be on the other side of that finish line. And I remember at one point I said. <laughs> I think we were like two, not even two Ks. And I said, one way or another, this is all going to be over inside the next 12 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I think that made you feel a lot better. Yeah. Like knowing that in terms of minutes, it's almost done. Yeah. And I, and I do that quite a lot. Like when, especially if I get inside the last two kilometers of an event, because mm -hmm. I, I sort of think two Ks, even a fairly slow two Ks, you know, 15 minutes maximum, you yep. know, like, yep. so yeah. So you, um, yeah, and you crossed and then um, I was very proud and our, and our oldest daughter, Avi, came running out and almost crash tackled you. Yeah, she did almost she, crash tackle. She's not quite familiar with the idea of running in yet. No. She just, she ran at, at you. Me. yeah. And almost kneecapped you on the <laughs> way through, which was funny. But um, yeah, she was really excited and um, yeah, and then you got your beautiful trophy. You want to describe the trophy for us? Uh, well, it is um, it is a beautiful trophy. It's uh, fashioned from wood from the area, and it's uh, um, it's a message stick that's painted by a local Aboriginal artist. Um, and there's first, second, and third. First place one is taller and has more uh, more dot painting on it, and mm -hmm. the second and third um, are similar but 
second place is just a little bit taller and it is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And when I crossed the line and they said that I had come in second after the incredible, glorious machine that is Ina, I, um, who I coach, who you coach, I could not believe it because A, Ina is infinitely better than me. Say infinite. She she's 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 is. very fit and she works very hard. She does. Speaking of infinite, yummy, yummy, yummy. A lot of my run was powered by infinite. Thank you very much. There you go, infinite. It was it saved the day on lots of occasions. Use, there was one point during the, the race. DR, use the code DRU to get ten percent off. Carry on. During the race, I was starting to cramp in my right thigh, and I in all of the races I've ever been in. People have talked about cramping and I'd never had a cramp before, never, ever. And I started to get these like shooting pains in my thigh and I was like, oh, that's a cramp. Now I understand why people have to pull out of races because of cramps. It was so bad. And um, I was like, <laughs> it was like, it was almost like stopped me in my tracks bad. So I got stuck into the infinite, which I had in my soft flask on the front and, um, and it helped. It went away. I was, I was infinitely grateful for the infinite during that race because I think yeah. if I didn't have something to get rid of those cramps, it would have been game over. No, it's good. They're, it's a good balance. Um, it's got some sodium in it. And I think it's got um, just the, the carbs and... I don't know what it's, it's got in it, but well, it's, it's delicious and it did what I needed it to do on mm. the day, which was great. But coming over the line and having been the race director tell me that I'd come in second and that I was amazing and I have never felt like that before. And tell me what were you feeling? I, was it happiness? Yeah, of course. Of course it was happiness. I felt happy. I felt proud. I felt amazed that I'd done it and I just couldn't believe it. Not ever in my wildest dreams would I have thought that I would ever get a podium position for one of these things because there are so many good runners and I think it's just I've I've said it a lot but I think having a like going through childbirth having a baby prepares you for um like physical hard work <laughs> and and like endurance like and dealing with pain and dealing with pain and when you know, you did mention about me having babies when we were running this. And when you said, you know, we're 12 minutes from the finish, I thought I was in labor for hours and hours. I can do 12 more minutes of pain. Like My brain knew that I was physically capable of doing that. And so I just did it. Like if I'd, I think if I'd never done it before, if I'd never had to endure something like that, where every cell in your body is telling you that you shouldn't be doing what you're doing, um, I don't know if I'd have been able to do it, but I crossed the finish line with nothing left in the tank. Absolutely nothing. My lungs are suffering now, I think, but it was one of the most amazing feelings of my life. And when I got presented with my trophy and stood on the podium and got to stand on the podium on the little sign that says number two, I cried like a baby. <laughs> it was a very proud moment for us as a family. I was and full of emotion. Mm. And, um, I mean, in reality, I think it was just that it was smoky from the bonfire. <laughs> um, no, you did extraordinarily well. I was so proud. And I, I mean, I don't know. For me, I just really enjoyed running with you that day. And that was a bonus. Yeah, you know? I enjoyed having you with me as well. And look, mm. I've got to say, I was a little bit worried when we decided to do it that you might push me and I would not enjoy it. I was worried that you would would be running alongside me going, come on, a little bit faster, come on. But you didn't do that at all. You just ran with me like a buddy and I loved it. Yeah, because we were... It was great. Well, exactly. People... You did run behind me a few times and tap my bottom and tell me I looked great. Shh, no, I didn't. <laughs> and I just hope you don't do that with all your clients. But... Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe that's they got to pay extra. <laughs> but it was great. It was a great day out. Ultra Runners SA. Yeah, ben, we did it again. It's yeah. just a spectacularly beautiful race. And I just need to have a shout out to my friend Verity, who is a machine. 
She'd never done anything like this before. I was going to get to Verity. Were yeah. you? Yes. Six weeks before, yeah. she um, she's talking to me in the tea room at work, and I tell her that I'm doing this. I go, you should do it. It'll be great. And she just signed up. And she's yeah. finished as in the most positive mindset. I'm going to let you talk because I can tell you're eager. Yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, Verity, she, um, incredible. And I, I wanted to talk a little bit about what she did to, um, in the race mm -hmm. and, and what happened at the end of the race as well. And so, um, but yeah, so without, we won't use her surname again because I haven't asked her permission. So she knows who she is. Mm -hmm. But, um, the, um, tell me about, like how she, how you got her so excited to. She, she'd recently taken up hiking and she'd been to a couple of places hiking and camping that I'd been to. And um, we were discussing how beautiful it was and how much she loved it. And I said that I was doing this race and that it was in the Flinders and she was really keen to go there. Um, and I said, you know, it's, it's a really supportive environment and, you know, there's a whole lot of people doing it together and I think you'd really love it. And she was pumped. She was like, excellent, I'm signing up right now. And she did. And she's really fit and she's really positive and she did an excellent, she had an excellent day out. She did an excellent mm. um, race and I'm just glad that she was there to share it with us. Yeah, no, yeah she's, she's, she's fantastic. You'll so have to interview her, get her experience as a first timer. I will, yeah, actually that's probably a better idea. I won't go into too much detail, but um, it, was, it was very interesting what happened with Verity in the end. Maybe mm -hmm. that's something we can... Hold off to another week. It's a good idea. Um, yeah, so it was amazing. Um, the other, yeah, going back to something you mentioned before, the organisers of this event deserve so much kudos and the volunteers. But um, the three people, Ben Pyman oh, and Ben Hawkins and Michelle Hanlon, I don't know if those three people, I don't know if they slept for, the, for, for two or three days. They, they just worked relentlessly yeah and so positive and so um you know just had to respond to one thing after another you know like but they do it so well and they had a huge job on their hands didn't it's, they it's massive logistically it, that would be so huge so many people spread out over a really long distance yeah yeah and, and um, no one no one went missing no one was hurt there was lots of dropouts and the fact that I mean, through various reasons like fatigue and and illness or whatever injury, but like minor, nothing, no serious injuries. No, and the fact of the matter is, like, and it's also tricky because up there there's not a lot of telecommunications that can yeah. work. Yeah, I mean, in the resort, I think it's only one network that works. Yeah, but once you get out of the resort, even a few minutes, it's there's nothing. There's nothing for hundreds of kilometers yeah. in every direction. You're off the grid, baby. Yeah, so. Logistically, it's very difficult, and the roads are quite get quite rough out there. And mm -hmm. but um, look, it's totally worth it. And I'm I'm telling you now, if you're listening to this and you're from interstate, uh, and a lot of people, oh, but I'm going to do something like UTA or whatever. Do this; it's better. It's a it's still small. I can see this event getting big and getting difficult to get into. Yeah. Um, it's going to be um. I think it's going to just keep growing and growing and growing. Mm. It's there's no event like it. It's in the outback. It's in this ancient countryside. Fantastic finish line vibe. Yeah. You know, with, with the bonfires. From and the minute you get to the campground, the festival area where the finish and start line is for the hundred k's and the hundred milers, and the finish line for everybody is a little party. There's bonfires and bit of music, music and like food and people all hanging out and. It's just such a great vibe. It's it's one of the main reasons why we keep going back. Yeah, and yeah. like and it's also like the the funny and the kids are running around playing and and I I kind of like like my phone. I had no signal up there, and I liked that. I didn't know what was going on with the rest of the world. Yeah, for me those, too. For the few days that we were up there, there was only what was going on right in front of us. Yeah, that was the only thing that was important. Yeah, and so yeah, and I think um. Definitely get onto the Ultra Runners South Australia website, book up, book in early, um, book your book your accommodation at the at the campground, or they've got these beautiful tents that I'd like to book into Ooh, one day. The glamping tents. Yeah, glamping tents. 
um, get your accommodation, get your early, early bird uh, entry and um, yeah, make it grow. It's such a good event. You don't know what you're missing. Um, UTA, you know, is like three times more expensive, you know, and, but because that's only two weeks away from it. Yeah. And so this is doing the Hubert. I think it's a way better investment and it's real Australia. It's the real Australia. So good. Is that right? I love it. Ah, oh, you know, and I, I always say running brings out the best in me and I think it brings out the best in. in brings out the best everybody. in lots of people. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yep. So yeah. Well, thank you for the chat, Daniel. Oh, my pleasure, Kate. Thank you for coming on to the podcast again. I know your many fans will be really, really happy <laughs> and um, I expect some positive feedback. Do you have any messages for your fans? Um, I don't know, but I wore two pairs of shorts and I didn't get any chafe. So there's a, there's a tip for you. Yeah. Yeah. Two shorts, no chafe. Mm. All right. Um, were they like the, the short shorts? Good Lord. No, you can only imagine what kind of crazy chafe you'd get wearing short shorts <laughs> in that kind of humid, gritty environment. Oh, it'd be, it'd be repulsive. No, I, I don't think I saw a single person wearing short shorts. Except for maybe one hiker. Yes. She looked like if she was running, she might have gotten some chafe. Yeah. Um, but no, two pairs of shorts. I did end up with an, an enormous bulbous blister on my middle right toe, which during the race I remember thinking, oh, it feels like my socks caught on my toenail. And then when I took my toenail off, my toenail, when I took my sock off, Two things happened. One, one of my toes was like bent down under my other toe. So it flicked out and then I saw this enormous, it looked like a frog's toe <laughs> blister on my toe, which was very bad. But Ina, God bless her, had some blister, um, blister dressings for me. Oh, did she? And that did help. Yes. It's handy having a, um, an athlete who's also an emergency doctor. Yes. <laughs> and then I think my children uh, dedicated their time to standing on my feet at every possible Yeah, they're just moment. trying to flatten out those blisters. Yeah. Yeah, yep. they know. Um, uh, other thing, if you do come up to the Wilpena Pound next year, make sure you bring plenty of warm stuff. It gets really cold at night time. Oh, holy smokes, does it ever. Probably 10 degrees colder than the city um, of an evening, I think. Yeah, so, but totally worth it. And so stay tuned for more. Um, probably I'll probably talk a fair bit about more of this event. Yeah. And we'll see you there next year. Yeah, all right. So that brings us to the end of this episode of the Trail Runners Experience, episode 37, I think. Uh -huh. um, yeah, so keep on running, all right? So say bye, Kate. Bye.